Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us today is the Executive Chairman of DNI Metals, Mr. Dan Weir. Dan, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Maurice. Full disclosure for our listeners today, we are proud shareholders of DNI Metals for the virtues we will convey in today's message. Dan, why is graphite so important? Graphite's important because everything we touch pretty much every single day has touched graphite. And what I mean by that is, is that 50% of the world's graphite is used in the steel making business. It's used in the molds uh, to, to form the steel. It's also lines, those great big crucibles. You, you know, you've probably seen the pictures of them pouring uh, iron ore out of those big, large pots. Those are called crucibles. Uh, they're all lined with graphite because graphite has a, a much higher melting point than iron ore or steel. Yeah. But m more importantly, sorry, where the growth area is in the world for graphite is in the lithium ion battery. Uh, it's one of the biggest inputs into a lithium ion battery. In fact, it's the second uh, most, uh, sorry, the second largest input into a battery besides the actual plastic case or plastic pouches that you find the cells in. So there's a growing, uh, there is a growing demand for graphite. Let's talk about the value proposition that DNI Metals presents for uh, listeners. So we um, did a lot of homework uh, in the graphite space. Uh, we realized that if you're going to compete in an industrial minerals like graphite, that you've got to be one of the lowest cost producers. Uh, to be one of the lowest cost producers, you have to have good infrastructure. Um, Maurice, and, and just so listeners know, Maurice spent a week with me last week in Madagascar. Um, and he'll, hopefully you can, uh, 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 Maurice, as we have this conversation, that you can point out some of the things that you saw last week as well. Uh, but more importantly, you know, we're 50 kilometers from a port on a paved highway, uh, our project is. That's one of the, the key things. The second thing is to be a low-cost producer, uh, you have got to be able to produce from uh, um, low-cost material. And in our case, you have this weathered material called saprolite, where it's as simple as going in with an excavator and digging it up uh, and processing it. Um, there is no need for the drilling and blasting that you need in hard rock. Uh, our costs will be significantly lower than anybody in the hard rock. And when I mean hard rock, uh, that would be most of the deposits that you find in North America, that you find in Australia, that you, really anything that you'd find in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, there's only certain parts of the world, certain parts of Madagascar, certain parts of Brazil, where you get this weathering effect of the material. In the nickel and cobalt world, they call it a laterite. Uh, we call it a saprolite, same type of material. You know, you referenced location, so let's start off with that. Uh, that's correct. Uh, we had a, a remarkable time there in Madagascar last week. Talking about location, how close is your flagship project to the highway? So to the highway, it's, and by the crow flies, it's uh, less than one mile. We just completed a road back to the main zone. There's multiple zones on our property. Uh, the main zone that we're going to focus on, uh, where most of the drilling will be done, um, the road has to wind a little bit because it's fairly hilly. 
Um, probably takes about three kilometers to get in there, um, and that road has been completed now. Um, we had to go across one river. The river was not uh, all that big. It might have been, what would you say, Maurice, maybe 30 feet across uh, maximum. That's uh, less than 10 meters. And, and um, very shallow, I might add to that as well. We're talking yes, very knee, shallow. knee high. Um, not even that. It's because we put a bunch of rocks and stuff in there that you're seeing that it was that it was knee high. In fact, where we put the fording through the river, um, you know, we could walk through it just with uh, a pair of rubber boots before. So, um, uh, um, you know, it, it, it's it's very shallow. Um, depending on the time of the year, sometimes the year you get more rain, um, it can be higher. Uh, but in general, it's very easy to cross the river. Well, and the reason I emphasize the uh, location is you have to look at your costs, and you're looking at being one of the leading low-cost producers of graphite. The infrastructure there, you need to be close to the highway, and you have a great location. I can vouch for it. <laughs> I was there. And how long would it take to get to the port city to deliver the graphite? So it's 50 kilometers. Uh, that's 30 miles to the port. Um, takes 45 minutes uh, to an hour to drive that. Um, very, very simple. Uh, in fact, we'll pack all the material in containers right at our property and it'll get delivered right to the port and, and, and basically come off the truck right onto in a container, a 20 foot container, um, and right onto a ship and away you go. What people don't understand about graphite is, is that graphite is shipped all around the world in 20 foot containers, 20 tons at a time. In some cases, in some states, you can only put 19 tons uh, because of weight restrictions into the United States. But in general, it's 20 tons um, and they're a big super sack uh, is what it's called. Uh, it basically fits on a on a pallet um, and it stands about five and a feet, five and a half feet uh, tall, uh, one of these super sacks. Now, Dan, investors want to know the latest updates we have on the flagship project called Voight Sierra. If you would, please give us a historical reference, please. So historically, um, uh, all of Madagascar, um, the graphite's been produced there for over 100 years. There was four main French families that produced here uh, in Madagascar. They would have a centralized processing plant. They would um, have a mine usually beside the processing plant, but then they would go out in high grades where they saw outcroppings. Our property was one of those properties that had uh, outcropping on it. So in the 1930s or 40s, uh, our property uh, had been high grades and, and Maurice was able to see where they had dug out part of, the, of a hill uh, that they had worked on. Uh, historically, they had never ever gone and done any proper drilling in in Madagascar in the in the area that we're in, um, and we're one of the first people to go and actually drill it and do a full 43101 uh, style resource. Uh, very very important to know that because again, most people have just gone in and high graded uh, the outcroppings and they never really did any further work. And just for our listeners, just to be clear here, this is called alluvial mining, which is more or less non-mechanized mining on this uh, project site here. Uh, Dan, let's talk about the roads again. Uh, share with investors where the roads are now. So uh, just the, the small road that we have to put in directly to the deposit, 
uh, is now at the deposit. Um, when Maurice was there with us last week, uh, he saw the bulldozer working away and and moving it forward. It now goes right to the right to the deposit. Uh, this is very critical so that we can move the drill rig around. Um, it it's, it will be a road that you can use all year round. Um, and uh, we're very excited about that. We'll be able to drive with a pickup truck uh, right uh, to the deposit now. Yeah, surprisingly, it was moving very expeditiously. We were there for uh, a couple of days, and progress was moving very fast. Let's talk about uh, your joint venture partner, Cougar Metals. You had the managing director there, uh, Randall Swick. So he was on site, and drilling has already begun. Talk to us about that. So... Uh, we did at DNI. We did a deal where Cougar has the right to earn into uh, a percentage of our property. Um, in order to do that, they have to complete all the drilling. They have to complete a forty-three one hundred one. Uh, sorry, NI forty-three one hundred one uh, resource report, as well as a PEA. Um, the PEA must be done by October 31st uh, of this year for them to earn in anything into the property. Um, they've got to complete all the drilling and a resource report is supposed to be done by the uh, end of, uh, sorry, by June 30th uh, of this year. All right. And how about trenching? Has there been any trenching done? Yes, so we historically did some trenching in 2015 and a little bit in 2016. Uh, we're now uh, opening this up to, um, well, sorry, as part of the deal, uh, Cougar has to drill a minimum of 3,000 meters, which basically is 3,000 yards, um, and they have to complete a minimum of 1,000 meters of trenching as well. So when we were there, Maurice, uh, we started digging uh, the one trench, um, it's now probably about two to 300 meters long. I haven't had an update uh, yesterday or today. Um, and, and moving right along, uh, the trench when we were there, as you saw, Maurice, was right on top of a hill. And, and we were going up from on top of the hill down both sides of it. Um, and you could see the beautiful large flake uh, graphite here. What, what Madagascar is known for is their very large flake graphite. In fact, one of the consultants when we were there, I showed him the size of some of the flakes, and he said basically these are the largest flakes that he'd ever seen in his life. And he has been on many, many different uh, graphite projects around the world. And I can attest... I will well, if I may, Dan, I just want to share, I can attest to that. I was present when that discussion was taking place. And also, I was just curious. I, I love to read nonverbals in the body language. was very, It was very surprising. You could see that, wow, this is, you got some big stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you're, when you're processing the, the material, you're not going to maintain uh, those large flakes. Um, but they really are very, very big. In fact, Maurice, I think you took a little bag of it with you home so uh, uh, to show off uh, how big some of these flakes are. They truly are surprisingly large. And, and, and Dan, if, before we leave the trenching aspect of it here, uh, how many trenches, trenches, I'm sorry, will be dug? And give us also the depth of these. So we'll go down to about two meters. Uh, we've discussed about going uh, a little bit further. Um, two meters, uh, you can do that very safely and, and they don't cave in. Uh, once you start going over that, you're going to have to widen the trench significantly um, because you start to worry about uh, cave-ins uh, on people when they're trying to 
collect the samples. So we're going to have further discussions about that, um, exactly how we want to do that. The um, we, we we have to do a minimum of, uh, sorry, part of Cougar's deal is do a minimum of 3,000 meters. The trenches, I think what we'll start out at is like 300 meters long. We may extend them out to 500 meters. We have seen mineralization on this deposit. Uh, the width of it anywhere from 300 to 500 meters wide. Um, and we'll start with 300. Um, and then uh, if we see that the mineralization continues on, we will likely make them wider. Most of the trenches will start out about 500 meters apart. So really, if you think about it, what we will do is probably have over a kilometer of trenching because if we have one at the bottom, one in the middle, and one at the top, that will be over a thousand meters uh, or, or basically a kilometer, which in if you're thinking imperial units, that's about 0.6 of a mile. Um, that would give us a, a wonderful resource if we just focused on that. The main zone we do know extends over three kilometers long. So we'll focus on one kilometer to start with, uh, we may step out afterwards and 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 do some uh, drilling outside of that. You know, Dan and Trenching. Thank you for sharing that as well, Dan. Who's going to be conducting the sampling and the assay report? So the sampling and the assay report is Cougar's responsibility. Um, they uh, they have uh, groups uh, that will sign off, uh, qualified people and companies that will sign off on all of these reports. DNI has uh, hired a gentleman named Don Haynes. Uh, Don Haynes is one of the leading experts in the world in industrial minerals. Um, he is going to oversee that for, for, for DNI's point of view. He came with us on this trip just to make sure that the samples were going to be taken properly, um, how the trenches were dug, um, and to check out the drill rig when he was there. All right, switching gears, let's discuss strategic relationships. You know, I, I looked at the local people there in the village, and here's some things that I saw. And the first thing I noticed was there was a mutual respect that they have for you and DNI Metals, but there's also a, a trust factor. You could see that they trusted you. And these are the intangibles that investors don't see, and they're so critical because as you and I know, there's some relationships there that aren't based on trust and mutual respect and projects get delayed and don't come to fruition. And here, uh, it was just unique to see the trust factor. Talk about that some more, please. Um, I, I'm going to answer that two ways. Um, when you're working in a country like Madagascar, and as far as I'm concerned, it's one of the best countries to work in. Um, you have got to have people uh, on the ground that can can help you with all this work. Um, one gentleman uh, that you met, Maurice, uh, does a fantastic job for us. He looks after all the community relations, uh, the CSR, as well as the environmentals. He has done a fantastic job at going in out and meeting all the individual landholders, all the people that live in and around the project. Um, we've even met the local presidents uh, of, of the villages, the the um, uh, the people that are elected for the whole region, as well as uh, senior people in the mining commission in the capital city. 
we're very lucky and, and we have spent a bunch of time uh, working with all of those people. The locals, as far as I'm concerned, are some of the nicest people I've ever met anywhere in the world. They're very poor. They're looking for work um, and, and desperately looking for work to improve their lives. Um, we have sat down with them. We've had all sorts of meetings with them. Um, and they're very, very happy to see us moving forward uh, in what we're doing. Just the simple things like getting a road back into there where they never had access from vehicles before um, is, is, is improving their life uh, as it is. Uh, as I mentioned, the local people are absolutely amazing and, and we really like working with them. Now, you know, I couldn't have said it any better. Now, moving from the local people, let's talk about uh, other entities that are involved indirectly with this process, and that's the port director. We went to the port. You were there with the port director, and again, they welcomed DNI Middles with open arms. Talk to us about that relationship and also the expansion of the port, why that's so critical here in this discussion. The, the, as far as I'm concerned, it, it, it's a world-class port. Um, the uh, container area is run by a Filipino company. Um, Maurice and I and the other people that were with us on the trip, we went and had a tour of that port area, uh, sorry, of the container part. Uh, we also had a, uh, a tour of the, the, um, the bulk area uh, where they bring in all the cars uh, into the country as well as the diesel fuel and any other materials that are needed, uh, bulk type materials. Um, a, a company called uh, Sherit, Sumotomo and Carez have a very large nickel laterite deposit close to, uh, to, to our property. Um, they spend a lot of money uh, on the port uh, because they have to bring in sulfur and limestone and other materials uh, to make the sulfuric acid uh, for their processing. Um, I'll make one note because I, I don't like scaring people when I start talking about sulfuric acid. When you're, when you're mining for graphite, we don't have to use any of those harsh chemicals. So, so we don't have to bring in any other materials whatsoever for, for our operation. Um, graphite is one of the easiest things in the world to process. Um, so I just want to make it very, very clear. We're very environmentally friendly. We don't need any harsh chemicals uh, to process the graphite. So back to the port. Uh, the port. Um, the the Sherat, Sumitomo, and Carez, they spent over a billion dollars um, uh, when they expanded their operations in Madagascar. Um, there's a Japanese group that was announced just before Christmas that they're going to lend the company $500 million to expand out the container uh, port now. What they're looking for is over the next 10 years, as the economy grows in Madagascar, um, they foresee a lot of growth and the need to be able to bring larger ships. Currently, you can bring uh, Panama or Cape size ships into here, container ships. Um, you cannot bring those massive new container ships just because of the depth uh, of the um, of the port. But expanding out the wharf, they'll be able to do that. There is lots of room for us right now uh, over the next 10 years to be able to ship containers out of here. Uh, every day, uh, a different shipping company brings in a container ship that comes in and out of this port. Um, so we're very, very lucky in, in that case that it's very easy for us to uh, ship materials. 
And I just want to echo what you just shared. Uh, it is a world-class port. It, it really was. Uh, surprisingly, I, I didn't know what to expect, and it exceeded my expectations. Uh, another a critical element in this discussion is the Ministry of Minds. Talk to us about the relationship there. So I took Maurice in to meet the mining general manager uh, at the minister, uh, Ministry uh, of Mines in the capital city. I wanted uh, him and some of the other people that were with us uh, to show that we do have a great relationship with the uh, with the uh, mining commission. It's called the BCMM in uh, Madagascar. Um, and, and Maurice, I really want to point out here, we are fully permitted. So if I want to put this thing into production tomorrow, um, we have the permits to do that. There's also, you know, there's always a few extra forms that we will have to file. Once we know how much our water usage is going to be, um, then we just have to file some paperwork for that. But that's really, that's not going to stop the project. That's just a matter of just filing with the commission uh, certain things once we have that data and know exactly how much water usage as well as a few other things that, that we'll need. But as far as permit-wise, we have all the permits in place to put this thing into production. Which again is critical because you can have the theoretical aspect of wanting a mine, but you've already done the hard work, which is building these relationships, and you have the permits. Very critical, and uh, kudos to you, sir. Dan, before we leave here, what is the next unanswered question for DNI Metals? So we are drilling, uh, we are trenching, um, uh, you know, all the samples that we've taken um, uh, over the last couple of years have shown that we have a very large flake uh, deposit. Uh, Madagascar is known for its large flake. It's some of the best large flake in, in the world. It was very exciting to me to see a consultant that was there with us to say, wow, these really are the biggest flakes I've ever seen. I, again, I, 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 I must say, though, that in the processing uh, of the graphite, you're not going to maintain those flakes. Now, some of these flakes that Maurice saw were the size of a dime. So picture a graphite flake the size of a dime. When you're actually selling the material, uh, the material is uh, uh, very large or, or jumbo style uh, a flake would be what? A 20th the size of a dime, maybe even a little bit less than that. So um, these flakes will break up uh, in the processing. But I can tell you that super, super jumbo graphite that will sell to customers around the world would only be about a tenth uh, the size of a dime. And probably more like a 20th the size of a dime, uh, I, I would think. It's truly spectacular. And again, ladies and gentlemen, we just want to be very clear. Uh, that was not throughout the entire project, but we definitely saw uh, those large flake sizes. <laughs> it's quite remarkable. Now, Dan, before we leave here, uh, there was some financing done, uh, completed, I should say, the first tranche on the 4th of May. Talk to us about the results and what uh, shareholders should expect. So... Cougars has to pay to do all the drilling uh, and the trenching, uh, complete the resource study and the uh, PEA, the preliminary economic assessment. So, so that's all looked after, uh, and, and they have they've committed to complete all of that. Um, what DNI has made some decisions is that we want to. We, we have some other properties that we are looking at. So um, uh, we are raising money currently to, to purchase those. 
Um, we did close on part of the financing. Our goal is to raise about two and a half to three million dollars. Uh, we have raised a million dollars that we closed on uh, just before we went to Madagascar, Maurice, and we're working on the balance of that. Uh, we hope to complete that sort of over the next uh, 30 to 60 days. Um, and uh, I think it, it really does give great value to anybody who wants to invest in the company. Our current market cap is right around $3 million. Um, I think you can see that this will grow significantly over the next year as we continue to drill and trench and complete a resource study, complete a PEA, as well as it's going to be very exciting when people see um, a few of the other potential acquisitions that we're going to make over the next little while. And Dan, before we leave this subject matter here, the million was in Canadian or U.S. dollars? That was in Canadian dollars. All right. And just one more time here. What is the burn rate again? Oh, we have a very low burn rate uh, in, in DNI. Um, it costs us to, as a public company, remember there is quite a bit of expense to be a public company. You have to pay for auditors and lawyers. Uh, you've got to pay exchange fees and everything else in a year. Um, our burn rate is um, right around $30,000 a month. And majority of that is paying for the auditors and and the legals and everything else. So, so yes, we have a very low burn rate. Now, Dan, for an investor that's listening to today's conversation, what is the best contact information for you? Yeah, you can call me anytime on my cell phone. I'll get, I don't mind giving that to anybody. It's 416-720-0754. Again, that's 416 416- 720-0754 or you can email me directly at danweir at dnimetals.com that's d-a-n-w-e-i-r at dnimetals.com and also give us that website please and it's dnimetal sorry www.dnimetals.com and last but not least please visit our website www.provenandprobable.com. Dan Weir of DNI Metals. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you, Maurice, and uh, hopefully you had a great trip when we uh, we were there. Uh, anybody else who would like to come to Madagascar, please get a hold of me. Uh, we can set up a great trip where we can uh, show you the project. Uh, we can show you uh, um, the port. Um, and we can have a little fun. We can take you out and show you what uh, lemurs look like and stuff as well. <laughs> it was a truly remarkable time, but uh, most importantly, uh, it was very. I was very impressed, I should say, with uh, the relationships, uh, the village, and the progress that's been made there at the flagship project, Voicera. Dan, again, appreciate your time and effort, and uh, we look forward to speaking with you in future interviews here. Thank you, Maurice. All the best, sir. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.